0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 67 of the T21 Mom Podcast. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, single parenting, mamahood, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's eight years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And as per usual, my friend and co-host Ron is here with me today. Hey Mary, Here. how's it going? Hey. I'm doing well, how are you?
1: You know, busy, never stop being busy. That's the weird thing about my retired life.
0: And that's a good thing though.
1: Yeah, but, and as <laughs> you said earlier, you look tired. It? I said, I'm not surprised. I'm, I don't know anything about retired. I'm just tired.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: <laughs> uh, so how's things? I, I, I think you were saying that Ainsley had uh, a major advancement yesterday.
0: We have started back with swim physio with Brenda. Yeehaw! Yes, I'm very (laughs) excited about that. Ainsley was really excited and she did really awesome. And, you know, it's been a real struggle for Brenda to get back into the pool. You know, they had to make a lot of concessions and, you know, they have limited spots, but I'm really thankful that we were able to get in and. Yeah, it was great. It was 20 months. I wasn't sure how she was going to do. 20 months? Yeah. Wow. Since she's had swim physio. See, I pretty and much she, wrote
1: off the last year. So it's.
0: I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, it only, right?
1: so, so to me, it only seems like, what was it, about four months ago?
0: Yeah. But she did really well. I was really surprised and really proud of her. and And she slept through the night. I was so thankful. She had such a good sleep. So it good. was awesome. <laughs>
1: um today we're talking with a bit of a kindred spirit for you
0: yes mm-hmm. so
1: why don't you tell us about uh, about our guest today
0: i'm gonna we're going to talk to miranda Klinger of 21 treats and treats cookies so we share cookies. a love yes we share <laughs> a love of cookies and we talk all about how she started her business 21 treats and why for her daughter who has down syndrome and just how it's really evolved. And I was really excited to talk with her to see how she did this, you know, cause cookies are my passion and, you know, and I'm hoping that I can do something like this for Ainsley for when she's older.
1: Okay. Let's go talk to Miranda.
0: All right. Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I am quite excited to be talking to Miranda Klinger and we are talking all about cookies, something that is quite near and dear to my heart. So welcome, Miranda.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today about your cookie business, 21 Treats, uh, because like I said, cookies are very near to my heart. (laughs) I'm in the midst of doing lots of baking right now. But first, can you tell us a little bit about you and your family?
2: For sure. Um, we are a family of six, um, my husband Ryan and I, we live in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, with our four daughters who are 14, 12, 10, and eight. So most people are, you know, we have a busy house, a chaotic house, uh, with four girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and our second daughter, our 12 year old Kendall has down syndrome. So, um, yeah, that's kind of our life in a nutshell going in about 12 different directions on any given day. Uh, but we wouldn't change it for the world.
0: I appreciate the business. I had three brothers, so it was chaos all the time. So I know, but I loved having a big family. So that's wonderful. And I'm always kind of a little curious. Did you have a a birth or
2: prenatal diagnosis? Uh, We had a birth diagnosis uh, about three days after Kendall was born. Um, She was born on a long weekend. So a lot of things contributed to her diagnosis um, being kind of delayed um that we had finally a pediatrician that could come in and sat down and kind of had the conversation that I think most families have that go over the markers they see in her I didn't know any different um as a young mom I was not experienced in nursing in disability in down syndrome so she was just my baby um which I'm actually kind of in hindsight, grateful for. Um, we had three days of that bliss of a brand new baby before we got thrown into the world of down syndrome and everything that came with that. Um, but yeah, she was diagnosed about three days afterwards. And then of course, all the karyotype testing and everything that we had to do for that confirmation about a week later. And then we started on this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you for
0: sharing that. I know, as I've said many times, I think people however they receive their diagnosis is they feel it's the better way for them. I know I wouldn't have done well with the birth diagnosis. So, you know, for me, I could prepare and, sure. I mean, you could probably say the same. You had three yep. days and just enjoying <laughs> your baby. And then, yeah, like you said, everything changes, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so can you tell us what 21 treats is and how did it start?
2: So 21 treats is a, we're a small home-based right now, bakery Um, we specialize in custom sugar cookies especially um, hand decorated sugar cookies Uh, we started about two years ago give or take two and a half years ago um, kind of as a little bit of a light bulb moment a brain child of uh, we were doing some planning for Kendall and some long-term goals for her and thinking about you know she was 10 at the time, what does, what does her life look like outside of school kind of thing? Um, she was going into grade six. So here in Saskatchewan, in grade six, um, we start planning for high school. And so we knew that we would have to kind of start thinking about um, what does high school look like? What kind of experience do we want for her in high school? And then beyond that. Um, and at the same time, I was working in the supporter employment um, industry here in Regina as well. Um, so there were kind of a lot of pieces coming together that I was like, all right, uh, we need to support her, we need to figure out where we're lacking. Um, And I really wanted her to be able to find something that she loved. Um, Our expectations and our dreams for Kendall have always been identical to those that are her sisters. So the conversations of what do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to live? Do you want a cat? Do you want a boyfriend? Do you want to go to university? All these kinds of things Mm -hmm. um, have been very normalized for her. Um, And our expectations at home are the same, that she does the same chores, she does the same things. So Um, it became more of like, how can we build that into her day-to-day life at home? And how can we then get the school system on board to support her through it? Um, and in working in supportive employment and working with employers, um, I saw some of the gaps that were in the system, but also some of the gaps that were happening both in, in the education and in families, kind of those expectations for their, their children. So we kind of were like, well, maybe we could create something for her, Um, And so it was like, well, what do you want to do, Kendall? What do you like to do? And at the time she was like, I want to make cookies. I want to bake. And so I said, well, let's see what we could put together for that. So we started, you know, I've always been like the family baker, the one who was expected to bring the baking to the family events. And Mm -hmm. um, she's always been alongside in the kitchen with me and always enjoyed that. So we thought, let's try. Um, In all honesty, sugar cookies were not on my radar. It was not something... (sighs) I've never thought myself to be very artistic or very kind of in that world. Um, And it kind of took off on its own. I thought we would kind of do the drop cookies. We would be able to adapt that to Kendall very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, But she loves rolling cookies. And so that kind of started it. She hates icing them. Um, And so (laughs) I jumped into that role. And together, it kind of just created this thing um, that grew. And um, yeah, so... (laughs) It's kind of hard to explain because it almost, mm-hmm. we didn't have, I didn't sit down and create a business plan and I, it was just kind of fly by the seat of our pants um, <laughs> to see if we could create something that she would love. And that was mm-hmm. the biggest piece was that whether it built a uh, a future for her, if this was her empire, if this was going to be her business forever, or if it was just going to build some life skills, some work skills to be able to um, to 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 contribute to her next steps as an adult, um, then great, then it then it's a win for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where we what we keep building it on is being able to give her her voice in it um, and find her joy in what we're creating. So um, that's how we kind of came to be. <laughs> that's amazing. So like, how does Kendall participate in 21 Treats? Um, Well, she's obviously goes to school every day. So during the school year, we don't like, we're not slave drivers. She doesn't come (laughs) home from school. And I said, you have to bake 60 cookies today. Um, Absolutely not. It's uh, very driven by her. And so um, in the beginning, it was a lot of like learning the food safety standards. Um, Mm -hmm. She is an expert in hand washing now. Um, Things that were really tangible for her that we could kind of build on each step when we had the health inspector out to our house to kind of give us the rundown on our kitchen and inspect the space and I swear he had a heart attack when I said my daughter with down syndrome will be doing the baking with us and he was like what and then she (laughs) explained to him that she knew all the 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 health standards and that was it right Um, so we kind of started there and then I mean again I had these ideas of what she would do and she had her own and that's I think the part that's brought me the greatest joy in all of this Mm is um, she started by learning amino measurements, how to read the scale, how to weigh the ingredients, uh, the difference between half a cup and a full cup, um, little things like that, which then we saw the growth in school, it translated to math class in school, um, and she was doing those things, and then um, in the beginning, pre-pandemic, we were able to get into like some little markets, right, some Mm -hmm. farmers markets in the area, some pop-ups and stuff. And that's where she shone. And that was the part that I think surprised me the most was that she came out and she was so proud. She was like hucking our cookies all over up and down, bringing people in. Um, And then she kind of took an interest in, we have a square system. So we use the point of sale Mm -hmm. um, and really, really loved that Loved you know, tapping people's credit cards, entering the numbers in um, counting out the cash. And never in a million years did I think that that would be her passion and, it turned out to be that. And so the pandemic's been harder because we haven't been able to have that engagement, Mm -hmm. but we were able then to, I kind of pivoted it to her entering into the invoicing system. So it's the same point of sale system. It's just on the laptop instead. So she's able to take information from order forms, put it into invoices um, and send those off. And so she helps us kind of then design the orders, go through them, attach the pictures for the customer, little things like that, that it was i honestly was like oh i'm gonna have to do this all in the background Mm -hmm. and it's easy now to get her to do that and it's like i said it's never forced it's more of like we need to get these things done this week which ones do you want to do um i am lucky to be able to be at home all day so i can this is what i do now is i bake all day (laughs) long Um, and she fills in the gaps she does the things that that are bringing her joy in those moments um, and then we just track her hours. And obviously, um, a very important piece of it all was that she would be paid mm-hmm. for her time. Um, mm-hmm. working in support employment, that was a like a it's been a huge driver behind um ensuring that I'm able to pay her at least minimum wage or better for every order she works on, um, depending on her involvement in it. So um yeah, we track all that. She earns her own money, she saves her own money. So um when I say that she has, when people ask, we say she has her hand kind of in, in some aspect of every order that goes out our door. Mm-hmm. Some days, the most I can get her to do is tie the ribbon on the box and put the sticker on it and take it out to deliver. And if that's what her involvement is on that order, then that's it for now. She's 12 years old. So she has to yeah. have that flexibility. So, oh, of course um, <laughs> But we've seen like the work ethic has increased, right? She understands that we need, if we start this order, we have to finish this order and we finish it together. Um, and that was essentially the biggest goal I had for her is that I wanted her to understand that if I work hard on this, I'm going to get paid for it. If I get paid, that translates to a movie, a Slurpee, money in my bank account, all those different kinds of things that so she would have that independence. So that is wonderful. And that's
0: amazing. I <laughs> Honestly, that's, it's so awesome. It kind of reminds me of another podcast that I did with Cooking with Kitty and it started during the pandemic uh, the, the, um, kitty, she has Down syndrome, obviously. And they, her OT wanted them to like videotape, like some things that they were doing. So she started learning to cook. And so they've got this whole, whole YouTube channel now. And like, just her skills have really progressed, you know, in the year and a half we've been in this pandemic. So it's very similar, like just how her skills, you know, Kendall's skills have really taken off and, and just, you know, sometimes it's just, opening the door and, and are giving our kids the opportunity to see what they can do and what they can show us. Cause like you kind of surprised you didn't think she would be into the, doing the stuff in, in the behind the scenes, you know, instead of, you know, being right up front. So that's, that's wonderful. And I think such an amazing opportunity that you've given your daughter, you know, to give her those skills and, and so that she can progress. That's wonderful. So you, you said you didn't really think of yourself as the um, icing expert, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen your work. It's and like, cause I don't really have the patience to do a lot of the icing cookies. They always look so fantastic. And I go, oh, I don't know if, I, and I, I admit I haven't really done a lot of it. So how long have you been doing that? Like, did you just kind of teach yourself or?
2: Yep. Yeah, um, I would do like, I mean, same thing, like kind of most moms at Christmas time, you do like Christmas rollout cookies and you ice them. Um, But since we've been doing the business, just the two years, I've essentially watched every YouTube tutorial I could. I have, um, there's a few like really good cookiers kind of even in Saskatchewan that offer over the pandemic, like online classes, virtual classes. So I basically just absorb everything that I can. And um, looking back, like obviously even my skills have, have developed phenomenally over the couple of years. Um, and I, the coolest thing is it's a passion that I didn't know I had, Mm -hmm. um, and a skill set I didn't know I had. So she's pulled that out of me, um, just by nature of the business. And so it's, um, we're learning each and every day as we go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Never in a million years did I think that this would be my thing my claim to fame when we're out and about and people like oh you make those cookies and yeah never (laughs) never in a million years oh
0: that's so awesome and so do you do other cookies too or do you just focus primarily on
2: the sugar iced cookies um for the most part like 90 percent of our business is the sugar cookies that is the demand is for them Mm -hmm. um we've been doing now, like we've introduced, we do some subscription boxes and those kinds of things, um, which has allowed me to fill in some of those gaps and do like, I love to bake and I, I love creating things, sweet treats. So uh, that kind of then allowed me to flex some of my creativity with some other different recipes and, and not have to do iced cookies every single day, all day. Um, and when we do do pop-ups, we will like bring out, um, what we just kind of call gourmet cookies like mm-hmm. some classics like ginger snaps and jam jams and usually again it's driven by Kendall and the things that she loves so mm-hmm. um she'll pull them out and we will make those um and now that you know restrictions are loosened up here in Saskatchewan we're able to do some of those I'm looking forward to Christmas time and being able to have something a little bit more than just you know the fancy decorated sugar mm-hmm. cookies for people but i mean 90% of our custom orders are strictly sugar cookies <laughs> for every event imaginable oh i imagine
0: yes i i mean so i follow different people on instagram and it's just amazing the stuff that they do and i don't know maybe maybe one of these days i'll get around to teaching <laughs> myself to how to do it because it's so impressive and i i, I always think oh, i wish i could do that but yeah I, maybe one of these days <laughs> so i mean you kind of answered my next question which like was like did you have a really big baking passion before or is this all just been primarily driven by kendall
2: um primarily driven by her i mean we always enjoyed baking like i said i've always i've been kind of the baker of the family um i've We've always spent time in the kitchen with the kids. That's kind of been my thing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband is the sporty one and I'm (laughs) the baker. So um, the kids were always there. And I mean, we cooked our meals in in the house together, that kind of thing. So they've always been in the kitchen with me um, and I've always enjoyed that. So I wouldn't say that ever on my radar was you should have a bakery um, (laughs) until the moment that we thought we should have a bakery. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but it's always been something that I'm interested in something that I enjoy doing so the pivot to be able to do it it it, I love doing it every day so it's not doesn't feel like work um and then again having Kendall love it as much then mm-hmm. takes away right that that aspect of feeling like work
0: that's wonderful and yeah it makes me because like I have a little dream where I would love to have a, like a little bakery and hire people with disabilities. So, you know, which is obviously one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, <laughs> you know. And, you know, because I do have a love for baking as well. And you're you're telling me like, yes, it, this is possible. Because so, <laughs> again, I'm thinking like for, you know, for Ainsley, I, my daughter, I want her to have something that's meaningful. And, you know, we're and also to provide that opportunity for others in our community. So
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you've mentioned a little bit about your, some of the previous work that you used to do and supported uh, development. And so, which I thought was really an interesting kind of background that you have. And now that you're, you've got your business 21 treats. So is this, so did this kind of, well, you kind of sort of answered it. It kind of is what spurred you on to find something for Kendall, because as I'm sure you found in your I guess previous work is there's probably huge gaps uh it's really challenging for people with whatever disability they might have defining
2: meaningful work not just work but something meaningful to them absolutely it was I mean um, my work with support employment was when you say it's something you're passionate about it was something that like it fueled my fire every day. Um, we I work for a program here in Regina called 4 to 40. And so we supported people with intellectual disabilities um, in employment settings, and then also supported the employers. Um, and it was phenomenal work. I loved what we were doing, um, but it was also frustrating mm-hmm. and so hard. And as a parent, as you probably know, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around. Like, why is this so hard? This shouldn't be that hard. I want, I want everybody to see the value in my child. I want everybody to see the value in, in these individuals with, who are experiencing disability. Um, and we were, I mean, tons of progress is being made every day. Um, but there was, yeah, like we just, there were things that like would just grind my gears with um, whether it was an employer or sometimes like even it was like the parents. Parents are told, especially I would find um, they were like individuals who would be in their late 20s now type of thing. So their parents were of the generation before mine. And so often those parents, when their child was born, they were told things like your, your kid won't, they can't, they shouldn't, all these things. And it's almost ingrained then in the parents' beliefs Mm -hmm. that that the child can't. And so we'd sit down with somebody who's in their 20s and say, well, what do you want to do like for work? And they'd look at you almost as if you had spoken a different language. And and they didn't understand what that meant. And then it'd say like, well, what do you do at home? Like to help out, like, do you do the laundry or do you like unload the dishwasher? And they'd be like, no, I don't have to do those <laughs> things. And so it was kind of like, okay, okay, we need to do better, right? And and mm-hmm. kind of that realization that like somebody in their late twenties or even early twenties coming out of high school, um, had no work experience right something that we take for granted that like by the time I was 20 I had worked at the Gap and at Pizza Hut like you have all these opportunities afforded to you but kids with disabilities often don't nobody asks those questions or even kind of takes that step to get them into the community and into those like those starter roles right and then Mm. in their late 20s we're expecting that hey we should get you a job at like one of these big corporations and and that that person would understand what that means right um And so it really, we, I, I, it was, I learned so much in that and so much about Mm -hmm. supporting. And like you said, same thing, like as we expand this business, my dream has always been to be able to hire others with, with disabilities, to bring them in, to give them that opportunity, whether it's a long-time employment opportunity, or it's a learning opportunity to build skills for the future. Um, Kendall's only 12, so legally, I can't really hire her for a few (laughs) years. Um, So to be able to fill those gaps, right, Mm -hmm. as I need help, Um, my first first, um, space that I'm going to look for is somebody else who experiences a disability, who has a barrier to employment, Mm -hmm. um, that we can give an opportunity to, because I know that it's hard, and I think that given my skill set, both as a parent and now as some um, experience within supported employment, um, that there is an opportunity to expand on that and show other employers, other industries that like, it's not impossible. It takes Mm -hmm. a little bit of grace and a little bit of patience and a little bit of understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, but inclusive employment is a wonderful thing. Um, it was, it was like the hardest decision to walk away from my contract with, with the project I was on, but the, Business was growing so much i was like okay family first kendall needs this to grow so um, we parted ways um i'm still we still touch base all the time Mm -hmm. i assist with a lot of the different things that they're doing um just because you get to know right you get to know folks you get to know where they're going um you build relationships within the community and so um i think that that is so important and it's likely Mm -hmm. a lot of like the success we've had has been those relationships so um yeah, it kind of all just came together with the little pieces that I knew and the things that I was like, I don't like that. And I'm of the, like, my personality is very much (laughs) like, if I don't like it, I'm either going to fix it or I'm going to just shut up about it. And I don't like to shut up about it. So (laughs) I, I'm going to do it on my own then, I guess. So I it's, yeah, if we can change like one little corner of it Mm -hmm. and change the view for somebody else or inspire another bakery to say, Hey, we could do this. We could bring in some extra assistance, um, in different ways. And, and really in ways that aren't like kind of your stereotypical, like, I, I I don't want Kendall to just have to rely on being like the bus girl in a restaurant or rely on being like the janitorial roles. like kind of those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I want to blow that way out of the water, right? I want her doing my accounting or decorating the cookies. And I want people to be like immersed in my business because um, I think there's so much opportunity there. So
0: Oh, I love it.
2: Big dreams.
0: (laughs) You gotta drink big, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. That is so awesome. And that's very similar to to my dreams. You've already are making it happen. You know, and so like what do you feel are some of the barriers to our kids or others with disabilities and finding meaningful employment? I you've kind of touched on a little bit, but like do you think it's just lack of awareness or ignorance or because they don't know somebody with a disability, so it doesn't apply. I mean, I can say for myself, like, I had no idea about this whole world of disability, because before Ainsley, I, I mean, I'd had interactions and so on, obviously, during my life and, but I wasn't directly impacted. So what, what do you think it is for, because I think there's lots of opportunities, I think of even my own workplace. Mm -hmm. you know, and others have talked about it, that, I mean, it, it was a, because it's not a public job for someone, for example, who maybe is in a wheelchair or, you know, maybe they have a physical, um, like, um, maybe like, I just remember I went to university and there was a woman who, who has been burned and I thought, you know, that would be really challenging. And I'm thinking like, like what I do as a non-one operator would be great for someone who doesn't have to face the public every day because maybe they have some kind of something different about them that would make it challenging you know but I just but we I just don't see that happening there and (laughs) right like I think there's an opportunity for them to get people who want to work you know but maybe it's a, a a market that they haven't really thought about I I don't know what what's your thoughts on that?
2: Oh, I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, you're right. I think like the biggest barrier to me is always like the lack of awareness or lack of understanding. People have an idea in their head what disability looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's that stereotype, right? It's that people with Down syndrome are always happy and they always want to hug. And like, if you try to hug Kendall, like she'll punch you. Like she's not a hugger. She's not like, and we always say like, she's, yeah, she's absolutely a happy child, but she can also be a jerk. Like Mm -hmm. she has the and it's those stereotypes that kind of just filter it right or like that autism and the hand waving right That those things are linked somehow together and um i think that as businesses and as leaders see that value and that was kind of a big piece of what we did when i still worked with support employment was um using the leaders and so we had partnered with a lot of like like farm credit canada large corporations that had a voice both provincially and nationally to say these folks that we've hired bring value to our workplace. They get a job done, but they also change the culture of our workplace. They change the way that people work. The, and, and it is, it's, it's studied, it's, it's statistics that like when you hire inclusively, the, your workplace changes, the culture in your workplace changes. Work, people who work alongside folks who are different than them are happier. They're more, um, they get more done, right? Um, and I think as more people understand that, we see that shift. Um, but it's really just finding leaders to champion it, right? To mm-hmm. say, absolutely, we're going to take a chance. And again, like it grinds my gears was like, why do you need to take a chance? In my mind, I'm like, we shouldn't have to take a chance, you should hire them as you hire anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Remove some of the, the those stigmas and, and everything you're thinking of. Um, and that's the other piece that I always found, was that uh, people overthink things, they think, we're gonna hire somebody in a wheelchair or somebody with an intellectual disability, and we're gonna to have to change all of these things about how our work is done. And like, we you don't mm-hmm. like Kendall's technically nonverbal. We make it work, right? It's it's not there's not huge adaptations that need to be made to um, include somebody. In in a workplace, mm-hmm. um, even even physical limitations and physical adaptations often are universal, right? And they benefit others in the workplace. Um, we had folks working in mail rooms that we made adaptations for them that benefited and made the entire mail room more <laughs> more efficient. So why like, not? Yeah, it, it, right. Yeah, like you just think outside the box. And so I think as people realize that those barriers will start to lessen, but it really is just linked to that understanding, right, and the, the awareness of that disability isn't a disaster, right, you're not bringing, it's, nobody needs to panic about it, um, and you don't need to overthink it, like, that's, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's, it, it's hard, and I think there's generational shifts. I hope mm-hmm. that, like, our oldest daughter is 14 and in high school and she's like the first one to call out random strangers who use the r word and to like get involved in those things and so I have high hopes for her generation that they're going to mm-hmm. come from behind because our schools are becoming more inclusive we're seeing a lot of more diversity in classrooms um, and how to support that right we always say Kendall's included fully in her classroom in her mainstream classroom and her classmates are phenomenal they understand her they will translate for her they assist her without doing the work for her but they've been with her since kindergarten so they just Mm -hmm. know right yeah and so those people i think are the world changers they're going to come from behind and get the job done Mm -hmm. um but we just need to keep pushing with it right and it's why we push for that inclusion and that diversity in our community so that they the younger folks see it and then when they are leaders in employment Mm -hmm. situations it's not even a question right yeah. they're like absolutely this is the way it should be this person has value this person can bring work ethic to our team this person can bring a skill set um but right now i think that there's just kind of a divide there um mm-hmm. within generations and it it happens all it happens in language it happens with all those things so yeah. um it's just changing the narrative and changing how people see disability one step at a time and if we do it with cookies then we do cookies over here.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally agree and you're right like you need organizations to champion it. And and just on a little side note, I went into a, a Starbucks uh, one time and there was a a young man there and he had autism and you know I asked, you know, and he was greeting people and wiping down the tables and stuff like that. And, and you know, he he, and he was very good at it too. Like, as soon as we got up, he was there. And I went up and, you know, to thank the manager for being in, inclusive. Initially, they thought I wanted to complain about something when I had to speak to the manager. I go, no, 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 it's something bad. And they actually said it was a company policy to to hire people with disabilities. But I don't, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it at a lot of other Starbucks, so I I don't know what they're, how it, how it works with them, but I was just really pleased to see, to hear that and also to to see that, that they, that they were doing that. So like you said, you just kind of need someone to champion it and they're like a major corporation, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we could see more of that in Starbucks and these other big companies, then like you said, people just, it just becomes part of life. Like it's just normal, you know? as you know, you said the same with Ainsley, the kids have been in her class since kindergarten. And so same with Kendall, they get they get them, they understand them, they, you know, it's just part of their day, it's not a big deal. So it, you've been in business for about two and a half years and it sounds like you have are growing even out of your kitchen space. How have you been able to weather the pandemic and what's kind of been your
2: key to success, I guess? Um, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> uh, I think from the beginning, we it was important to me. So I, through my previous work, I was able to link up with like a lot of different kind of small businesses within the community. Um, and there was one that we were able to take um, some kind of like web development and like social media classes with. Um, and they had like two messages that really stuck home for me. And I think that kind of drove us through the pandemic. And the one was that, Um, Pardon my language, but unless it's a hell yes, then it's a no. Um, And to really kind of choose who you partner with and stay with like-minded businesses, align with like-minded businesses. um, And that even though it might make it a little bit harder business-wise, that it will benefit you in the long run. Um, And the other piece was that um, for your online presence to kind of manage the three P's that they call people, passion, and product. And to kind of have a good balance of those things that we are putting into our social media space um and those kind of drove me with how we were going to create our space and how we were going to reach out to the community um i'm the kind of person that volunteers for everything so (laughs) i don't say no very often um so we have lots of community connections right lots of businesses um and i just kind of started reaching out to them right talking to them about their businesses how are they um doing business um how can we collaborate what can we create together um There was a group in the city called Build Love that was doing work adapting houses for people who have um, physical limitations um, and said, like, how can we support you? And so it became then let's create a custom cookie for these guys. We're going to donate 50 cents a cookie um, and we're going to sell them. And then we were like selling hundreds of these cookies because people want to support both kind of things. and then that built relationships with some other small businesses that they were partnered with that came out and said, Hey, can you do, you know, like Christmas cookies for all of our clients? And so you just kind of started, you know, filtering that. And, and the same idea of like stay, sticking with like minded businesses. So businesses that really understood the why behind what I was doing, that bought into like supporting Kendall, that loved her as one of their own. Um, and so they became our champions. And so they would go out into the community and they would share our posts and they'd share our stories. Um, And it just like, again, like I said, took off. Like I thought we would be doing this for our friends and family. And suddenly it was, oh, okay, this is full time now. (laughs) Um, Because it it became, there was a demand for it. And um, yeah, the pandemic, we thought, okay, you know, I have, again, the luxury of being at home. The kids are now at home from school. If we have to close, we have to close. And it instead became, I think, Because we create something so custom and something kind of personalized, people were reaching out because they just wanted like joy in their life. Pandemic was hard. Pandemic life was hard. Um, And kind of having that think outside the box ideas. So we would be like, well, okay, I'm stuck at home with the kids with nothing to do. Maybe we create like a DIY kit with cookies and then hundreds of those get sold, right? And it was just kind of these little ideas that I'm like, let's just try it. Let's just run with it. Um, and at the same time, always like interspersing the passion and the story behind it into our stories. Um, if you're on our Instagram, like I'm pretty outspoken about a lot of things, um, everything from vaccinations to politics to disability. Um, and the joke has been with some other small businesses, like what is the threshold? Because a lot of small businesses take heat for posting things like that. Um, and I don't. We have curated like this little group of followers, uh, I think we're sitting about or 5,000 followers that nobody, nobody gets mad at me for saying things. <laughs> they like, they get behind it and they clap for us and they, they cheer us on. And so I, I don't know how we've, we have unicorns for followers who just support us in no matter what we do. Um, and yeah, over the pandemic of like, it just really got behind it. And I think it did like we came up with something small and custom that is for the most part affordable, but for most people. And so when you couldn't do birthday parties, when you couldn't do your mm-hmm. weddings, how could you incorporate something special? Um, so a cookie is an easy thing to drop off at people's houses so that you could do your zoom wedding and everybody got their favor or things like that. Um, yeah. We were able to kind of nail those little things throughout the pandemic and it it's become its own little thing. Like I said, when we go out and sometimes people will stop, especially if I have Kendall with me, I don't show my face very often on social media. I have (laughs) pictures, Uh, but they'll recognize Kendall and they'll say, are you 21 treats and get out of here. And like, can we have a picture with you? Like, it's the weirdest thing that like our other daughters are like, you're Regina famous. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's it. Right. It's like, and it's, we're a small community. And Mm -hmm. I, I said, I, I think the biggest piece was we really leaned into the small business community um they have it's phenomenal like the idea of community over competition there are other cookiers in the city and we support each other we send work to each other uh when shipments are delayed uh sometimes i'll get a text saying like oh my gosh do you have the size of box can you help us out like and everybody just kind of gets behind each other and again to the idea of that pick who you partner with and mm-hmm. choose the people that are aligned with you there have been companies that we've just been like no, um, it doesn't feel right. And Mm -hmm. even though I'd love that big order, it's just not going to work out. And, um, it's terrifying, honestly. And it as like a yes person, it, it, it kills me to say no, but in hindsight, you're like, Oh, that actually is really good for us. Right. And I always want to stay true to Kendall's voice and to, Mm -hmm. to businesses that are going to lift her up. Um, so if my gut tells me that it's not a good fit, then it's not a good fit. And, um, it served us well. Uh, and if we can continue like that, I think that it, um, it'll be the driver behind our success.
0: That's phenomenal. And <laughs> it's awesome. I'm like, going to have to go back and listen all again <laughs> to, and take notes, you know, that that's, amazing. And like you said, you're in a small community, but you guys are really thriving. You've got a good following on Instagram and I have seen your cookies on Instagram and, and we'll definitely put the links in the show notes and stuff so people can go and check it out because they really are phenomenal. So, you know, so, I mean, we've all been through this pandemic and, and obviously in a lot of ways it, it worked in you guys' favor. You guys have grown. what, what do you think was your, what, You know, with starting this new business, because you're still relatively new at two and a half years, like what was your biggest challenge or what was your biggest learning curve?
2: Um, My biggest, honestly, my biggest learning curve was figuring out Kendall's area in it and ensuring that like at all times, her voice is being heard. I am an A type personality and I'll take over a situation mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, so parenting wise, that was like a hard thing for me to adapt mm-hmm. to, to say, okay, what do you, how do you want to do this? And as most parents probably know, like the patience to sit beside a child doing something when you're like, ah, I could just do that faster. Right. And yeah. that faster doesn't necessarily mean better. And that she's learning. Um, and really like leaning into that and trusting the process and trusting that I know her and that she knows what she wants, even though she might not be able to entirely tell us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was probably the hardest thing. And I always say like, I'm the worst for putting a limitation on her. I mean, the, the society puts limitations on her, but even as her mother, like, I think it's not safe. You can't do that. You should, like it's in the <laughs> back of your head. And then she's yeah. like, to heck with you, mom, I can do that. And she does it. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, and so, kind of just really um, trusting her, trusting that that this is going to be okay. Um, honestly, was the hardest part of it. Business wise, like I said, it it kind of took care of itself. I don't I don't pay for any advertising or marketing. It just that all just seems to have like done its own thing. So it's really, really making sure. And I know even as we grow and as if we're able to hire um, other folks with disabilities. Being able to trust, right? Trust that they that they that they'll learn what they need to do, and that the process is there for a reason and it'll work out. Um, that's yeah, because <laughs> I I just I'm very much of like I'll just do it myself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I know. then that's how you break, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> like I can just do it myself. <laughs> and so I, per, before we started uh, recording, you said that you guys were getting ready to move into more of a commercial space so can you talk a little bit about that like you obviously are doing everything at home right now which I can't imagine (laughs) what that's like no I can actually I can but it's got to be craziness at best but it's exciting now that you guys have grown so much that you've got to move into a, a bigger space
2: yeah it is it's um it's phenomenal that like we have a fairly large kitchen and it takes up every inch of every space. The kids just know like that they work around racks of cookies (laughs) all the time and like thousands of cookie cutters. And it's just, it's normal and it needs to get out of our house. Um, And so we had toyed with the idea kind of over this last year, especially being at home all the time with lockdown, Mm -hmm. right? When Mm -hmm. (laughs) six of us in four walls with cookies going out the door, it it becomes chaos. So it became more of a like, do we invest in space? Are we there yet? and like the the terrifying reality of that, like the pandemic meant lots of businesses didn't make it. And so, do we do we take that on? Um, and again, it's like I, the whole like kind of just trusting that fate yeah. will it, it'll come to you when it's ready, right? And so, there's another local um, business called Schmitty's Smoke Meats here in Regina that we are. Uh, friends with uh, their daughter also has Down syndrome, so we've obviously been connected through that community. Um, and they invested in a space; um, they needed more space to do catering, and so they were building from ground up and had approached us and said, "You know, we have more space than we need. We are customizing this. Would you want in?" Um, and so about a year ago, we were like, "Absolutely, without a doubt, that's where I want to be. I love their business. I love their business model." Um, and we weren't really sure, like. I think long term I would love to have like a storefront and like a little coffee shop bakery type of thing, but it's not there yet. And I'm I don't know how I would if that's even in the cards. If that I have no knowledge of that, of like running an actual bakery cafe type of idea. So this was more comfortable, right? We could Mm -hmm. move the baking process to a space that allowed more space allowed to grow because we can then accommodate more orders, potentially then hire somebody because in our kitchen space, I don't even know um, if Kendall and I could have a third person in here. Mm -hmm. So being able just to kind of take one step forward, very small step um, and see how that goes. Um, Pandemic has obviously delayed that. So we're looking at probably, you know, January-ish, we should be able to be moving in there and getting set up. Um, But then, yeah, it means that we have a central location for people to pick up orders. Um, Mm -hmm. We're able to support different kinds of orders, potentially grow uh, what our menu is even, um, to have kind of like some set things, the bread and butter behind it, and have the sugar cookies as more of like the passion behind. So um, it's coming, It'll, it'll get there. I think that honestly, as much as frustrating as a delay is mm-hmm. for my own mental health, it's probably the best because it's allowed <laughs> me time to process that that's happening, right? That, mm-hmm. okay. Cause I think I operate day by day that like, like, this is our little thing and it's kind of like a side hobby. And my husband reminds me all the time that he's like, you, you do this full time now. This is not like you and Kendall's little side hustle. It's become yeah. its own thing. So, um, wrapping my head around that and then really committing to it. I have I, th- I think yeah 2022 will bring growth for us which is I mean a good problem to have so
0: yes most definitely <laughs> most definitely well th- that is just so awesome I, I I really love your story and how this has all sort of just grown and it's grown you know with passion and with Kendall in mind and you know who knows where it can go like do you kind of have a vision of where you would like to see it go
2: um, I think that vision changes, which is again, probably why like, I shouldn't be allowed to have a business because I am like always like squirreled in about 10 different directions for what we would do. And, uh, ultimately I think like, I, I think that the dream would be to have a space I don't want, like you see kind of those stories on Facebook and stuff of like the cafes where like they're very down syndrome centered and like you come here and we give you hugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely not what I want. Um, I know vision wise, I don't ever want disability to define Kendall's business. I want it just to be a piece of the background Mm -hmm. of the business. I want it to be um, part of the culture, but not the definer. I mean, the name of it pays homage to her 21st chromosome and that's it. Um, much like it doesn't define her. I don't want it to define everything that we do, but I want it to be the driver behind it. So I think long-term, if we can have um, like a successful, well, maybe it's a franchise. Maybe we have them all over Canada. I don't know. But like <laughs> that we can have something like that that is driven by inclusive practices, diversity as a whole, whatever diversity looks like for every mm-hmm. community because it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a thing. Like I, I am a big believer in just diversity not just down syndrome that it can Mm -hmm. be any disability it can be people who are new to Canada who any any barrier to employment I think deserves um, the opportunity afforded to them so Mm -hmm. um, to build something that can really focus on that um, and a safe space a a space that people love to come and support but a space Mm -hmm. that is like a positive employment opportunity for anybody who's looking um, to to make a living right and to pay them appropriately to make mm-hmm. sure that they can make a living. Um, I, am, I am, will not ever pay employees in cookies or yeah. less than minimum wage or anything like those things mm-hmm. are very important. So all those things considered I think that there's a lot of moving parts to building it, um, because it has to be done right. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's people's lives I think that would be hung in the balance, not just my livelihood. <laughs> If, if this yeah. burns to the ground for me now like it's just me um but when you start expanding and talking about other people's lives then I want to make sure we can do it right um mm-hmm. and so that kind of dream continuously evolves but I know like that is the driver behind it is we want to be able to give people opportunities I don't want it to be a cafe that people are like we're going to go to that disability cafe because yeah. I don't I want it to be they make the best cookies and serve the best coffee come to Mm -hmm. us. And they just happen to have a like diverse um, staff.
0: Yeah. done, Right. Yes, I definitely (laughs) agree with you. Yeah, I want to have the place with the best cookies and the best coffee. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I really have loved hearing your story and, you know, what you're doing and your passion for cookies. And so And where can people find you?
2: You said you have an Instagram. And so what's your Instagram handle? We're on Instagram and Facebook, both at 21treatsyqr, um, the vaginas tag, whatever. Um, We don't have a website right now. Um, I don't know really why. Uh, (laughs) It's like that back burner thing that I just can't wrap my head around creating yet. Um, We haven't had a need for it. So maybe one day I know people in... um, the marketing and stuff have always said, Oh, you need to write like a blog and tell your story there. And honestly, at this point, uh, we're booking months and months in advance for cookies, so whatever we're doing is working, and I'll yeah. cross that bridge when we have to get to it. So we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, on both of those platforms, like our email address is there, you can email. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's essentially how we take orders. Um, you just DM us there. Uh, we have order forms that we'll send out. Um, like I said, we're booking probably about eight weeks out typically right now for anything custom yeah it's uh I still can't believe that (laughs) that even now our 2021 orders are closed and I don't have any idea how that happened that it just at some point we were like holy smokes look at that like the books are full and I'm so grateful every day and Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable it it really is Oh, I love it. That's amazing.
0: You're doing amazing things. And I know it's just, I can't wait to hear more about it. Like when you guys open up your new, get into your new space, <laughs> it's, it's going to be awesome. And yeah, that, I love hearing stories like this and, you know, and I, I know how important it is that we need to plan for our kids' future. I keep hearing about, you know, that there's not much after high school. I go, well, you, you can't wait until then. You got to be planning prior to them, you know, it, and it takes time. So, you know, kudos to you and and your family for putting up with one thousand plus cookie cutters. I'm sure <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Miranda. I really appreciate you taking your time out from obviously your very busy schedule and making lots and lots of cookies, and and sharing your story and your passion for everything cookies and and you know, making, you know, opportunities for Kendall happen. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. So I was really interested to see that Miranda's going to be moving her operation into a bigger space.
0: Yes. I think that's really exciting for her that her business is growing so much that they need a bigger space, you know, and maybe she mirrors.
1: It mirrors somewhat your life has been the last year.
0: Yes, we just moved into a bigger space. <laughs> <laughs> so I have lots of baking room now, which is awesome. Well, and, and the
1: bigger space gave you some more room to around when you, you know, broke your foot.
0: Yes, that made my life in some ways a lot easier. <laughs>
1: uh, but I, I was I was really, uh, you know, with Miranda, that the goals that she has and the goals that you have for your kids mm-hmm. are very similar.
0: Yes. And, you know, and I think that's why I was really excited to talk to her uh, about what she's doing, you know, her daughter's a few years older than Ainsley, not much, just a couple of years. And just to sort of see how it's really come to fruition. It's really growing. It's and I think it's a really exciting time for her, you know, especially that she's moving into a, a bigger space may allow her to expand a bit more and just to keep growing her business, I think it's really exciting.
1: Okay, well, thank you to Miranda for coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, Miranda is our last guest for this year.
0: Yes, yeah. Our, our next
1: show will be a wrap up of the mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and then we'll be on hiatus till, well, except for maybe the Christmas show, uh, we'll be on hiatus till around the middle of January.
0: Yeah, sometime in January.
1: And and you know, some people might call it a vacation, and you know, you and I will just call it about you know, prepping for next year.
0: <laughs> yes. I've got lots of ideas already for next season. So, you know, looking forward to that and it's, yeah. it's, it's been awesome. I've really enjoyed doing this and it's exciting to see our reach and. Yeah. You were telling but, me that it's
1: like a thousand downloads a month.
0: Yeah. it's pretty, I, you know, for a little podcast, I think that's pretty good and you know that we're on every continent and it's exciting to see sometimes it's just random places that pop up and you know it's it's kind of cool to think that we're being heard like all over the world and you know
1: well i hope these people are getting something out of the show i mean certainly the person what was it 27 downloads in ireland
0: oh no it was way more way more than that oh yeah
1: that was just all at the one time though (laughs) i I think think
0: that was one day it was something 27 downloads in one
1: day for ireland (laughs) thank you whoever that was in ireland you've you know, you've, I hope you got something out of the show because you've given Mary and I something to puzzle over.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I appreciate all our listeners and it's, it's, yeah, it's been a real journey and, and it's been a true labor of love doing this. Okay.
1: Well, um, on that, we'll say, we'll see you next time, which will be probably in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until then, Mary, why don't you walk us out of this one?
0: Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Tell me your stories, what's going on in your life, what's important to you. You can email me at info at T21Mom.com or find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Trisomy21Mama. And also, it would really mean a lot if you could subscribe and leave a little review so that we can become more searchable to others in the Down syndrome community. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos, and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron.